Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenyuk, Dantonier scores! And now it's Gallagher. Gallagher stepping in and shoots, scores! Alex Galchenyuk up with a drop, look at it, he's in the wall, waiting, scores! Well, let me see it. ladies and gentlemen, Akiyev, no, get up, yes! Oh, my stars, what a stop by Carey Price, Robin, Sidney Crosby! This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, welcome everybody to episode 182 of the Habs 360 Podcast for this Saturday, October 15, 2016. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980 and... Well, finally, it's here. The Canadians have played some regular season hockey. No more off-season drama. No more, let's take a look at what's going to happen to Montreal Canadiens. The Canadians have played. They've begun the regular season. It's only been one game, but that's okay. Canadians came out 4-1 winners over the Buffalo Sabres on the Thursday night. In Buffalo, we're going to talk about that game, and what we saw after one game in just a couple of moments. You know, Habs 360 is the most informative, the most interactive podcast that you're going to find. And, well, if it's your first time listening or whether it's your 182nd time listening, you know that we love to interact with our listeners. We always put out a question of the day via our different social media platforms. And then we do discuss your opinions. Our question for today's episode are the Habs better than a year ago? So we're not talking about the end of the regular season last year. We're talking about the roster that the Canadians had when they went 9-0 and last year in October. Guys got injured before Brendan Gallagher got injured in the opening night uh, one year ago. Are the Canadians better than they are this year? Are they better this year than they were last season? Joining us in about 20 minutes' time, will be editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites, Rick Stevens. He's going to join us. He's, he'll be in Albany as he's there for the weekend covering the uh, St. John's Ice Caps. And while if you do want comprehensive coverage of the Canadians and their entire organization, allhabs.net and all of the, the partner sites, Rocket Sports Media is the way to do it. So for our question that I spoke about earlier, if the Habs are better than a year ago, you can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. You can also go to uh, the All Habs Facebook page and leave your comments there. And in the third segment of today's episode, we're going to open the phone lines and give you the opportunity to uh, come on and answer that question or talk about anything Montreal Canadiens related. Also coming up, 
in our third segment. It's a, a feature that we started last week. Well, it's coming back again this week. It is our bad tweet of the week. And you're going to see this one that uh, we're going to discuss in the third segment. It was pretty bad. So you'll have to stay tuned to find out what that is. So let's start talking about Montreal Canadiens. And while well, the big story of the week was Carey Price and the goaltending for the Montreal Canadiens, it all started on Monday when Carey Price was not at practice. He was out with the flu. No big deal, right? Season starts on Thursday. So there was plenty of time before that. He missed Tuesday's practice as well with the flu. And then on Wednesday, it was announced that uh, Carey Price will not play against Buffalo Sabres on uh, Thursday. No big deal, right? But just the Buffalo Sabres, just one game. We don't need Carey Price as long as he's healthy for the rest of the 81 games. And then we found out after Thursday night's game against the Sabres that Carey Price will not be playing against the Ottawa Senators tonight. Canadians announced on Friday that Carey Price has severe flu symptoms, that he's on antibiotics, and he's resting at home, and he's getting evaluated daily by Canadian's doctor, uh, Dr. Mulder. So what kind of reaction has this caused? We all know how much all Canadians fans are. We start panicking. Terror. Canadians win one game. We want to get the parade going. Canadians lose one game. We want to fire Michel Terrier. Well, Carey Price is going to miss a second game tonight when the Canadians face the Ottawa Senators. And while we all start, well, I'm not going to say all, a lot of fans think that it's the Canadians trying to hide an injury. In the preseason, there was some reports that stretching his knee during the warm-up. So then what did that cause? Oh, Canadians are hiding. They're hiding a knee injury. And don't get me wrong. Based from what happened last season, I don't blame fans for not trusting the Canadians' management when it comes to divulging information. And we even heard Mark Bergevin at the end of last season's press conference saying that um, they're going to keep remaining vague when it comes to the nature of injuries. And that's a policy that he has, and it's a policy that's going to continue in the Montreal Canadiens organization. So just to make it clear, I think that Carey Price does actually have the flu. I don't think it's the uh, it's a knee. I don't think he's aggravated again. I don't think there's any reason to uh, to panic. If Carey Price's knee was um, in doubt or hurting, I don't think the Canadians would have placed Michael Condon on waivers on Monday. They would have found a way to keep him until Carey Price recovers from uh, from the injury. So just based on that, I actually think that Carey Price does have the flu. Am I, am I foolish? Am I gullible for believing them? Who knows? I guess time will find out. Well, you're going to think funny what I'm going to say, but the first game he played was in Columbus, and uh, it was not a Carey-like performance. And what made me feel good is not it's what he said after. Very casually he said, that was an adventure. He's not worried. Why should I worry? And then bang, 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 you know the rest. So that's Carey Price. 
Well, that's Carey Price, indeed. But Mark Bergevin, he's not worried. I'm not worried either about uh, Carey Price, you know. And I'm also pretty confident that how would Carey Price be playing tonight if the Canadians would have lost against the Buffalo Sabres on Thursday? I think he may have. And I think the fact the Canadians won made it easier for the Canadians to say, you know what, don't play against the Ottawa, against the Ottawa Senators. C'est très important, c'est bon pour le moral, c'est bon pour la confiance, même si on a quand même des choses à travailler, on est tous conscients de ça, c'est tout à fait normal, mais pour la confiance de notre équipe, ça fait du bien. So that's Michel Therrien following Thursday night's game against the Sabres. Very confident, it's good for, uh, for the team spirit, uh, good for the team's confidence. They have things to, uh, to work on, is what the coach said in that 10-second clip. 4-1 was the final score of the Buffalo Sabres, and honestly, the Canadians did what they had to do. Buffalo Sabres are an inferior team. Sabres aren't expected to make it to the playoffs this season. And the Canadians, well, they did what they had to. They went in there and they beat the Buffalo Sabres by a score of 4-1. to one. But at the same time, let's, uh, let's keep it real, like they say. Jack Eichel did not play. He got injured uh, during practice. And Evander Kane missed most of the game following a body check from uh, from Alexi Emlin. So two of the two top players of the Buffalo Sabres were missing from that game. But overall, it's a 4-1. It's good for the confidence. It's a good way to start the season for the Montreal Canadiens. And Nelson is over quickly, but it's brought in over the line. Here's Gallagher. He's going to And, well, that was Tori Mitchell who scored for the Montreal Canadiens and his first goal of the season. And the game against the Buffalo Sabres, the bottom six forwards were the best forwards for the, for the Canadians in that game. Tori Mitchell, Paul Byron, they also had good training camps heading into a Thursday night's game against the Buffalo Sabres. And if you look at Paul Byron on that particular goal that we just played, he just put his head down and went towards the net. And then he even took a hit and crashed into the board. So he did most of the work. It's not all the work. He made it easy for Tori Mitchell to, uh, to score that goal. The third player in that line is Philippe Dano, player that the Canadians acquired at the tail of last season from the Chicago Blackhawks. It's a player that uh, Mark Bergevin likes. And while this entire fourth line decided a good training camp, and they started off the season well with a good game on Thursday night. Can't get a stick on it. Here's Shaw throwing it on the net. Leonard the stop. Backhander on goal. Leonard the save. They score. Daniel Carr got just enough of it. Well, we're not going to blame John Bartlett for that one because watching the, 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 the goal happen live, everybody thought that uh, Daniel Carr scored the goal, but the goal ended up getting credited to uh, Andrew Shaw. And the reason why there was a... And we all thought that it was Daniel Carr because Daniel Carr was in the net right in the blue paint where goals get scored by. He was taking wax. He was getting dirty, like they say. He was getting his nose dirty in, in the crease. But Andrew Shaw was the last player who uh, who touched the uh, the puck, so he got credited with the goal. That third line as well, the line of Dernay, the line of with um, with Andrew Shaw, and Daniel Carr, they, they had a good game as well. And they even had a good camp together 
it's it's a good third line. David Agne, he's had his good role as a third line center. That's where he belongs, and I hope he stays there for the entire season because, well, I think that's his 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 right chair, his right role. And we even saw last year when he was playing with uh, Dale Weiss and uh, Fleischman, they had a good start of the season. So Terry, don't be tempted to move Diagne to a, to a uh, at least not on the top line. I would actually keep the bottom six together for a while. Be patient with them because they're off to a good start. And that Paul Byron, like I mentioned earlier, the fourth line, boy, is that player fast. And Brian Flynn, on his end, well, you're going to have to wait your turn. He's the 13th forward for the Canadians right now, and, and it's we're expecting the same lineup tonight against the Ottawa Senators, so he's not going to play again at, against the Senators as well. Into the corner, intercepted, fired out to center ice. Gallagher starts away. Gallagher takes his shot. He scores! Gallagher ripped the shot. And there you go. Brendan Gallagher scored the Canadians' first goal of the season. And well, besides Gallagher and Lekkonen, the top six, there were nothing special on Thursday night against the Buffalo Sabres. Thomas Plakanitz, he wasn't... It looked like he was still in preseason mode. And preseason mode for Thomas Plakanitz, he doesn't really care. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to play that game. That's what it looked like. Max Pacioretty, Alex Galchenyuk, Rajlov, we didn't see much from them in a game against the uh, the Buffalo Sabres. Gallagher on his end, like always, he doesn't take a shift off. He scored actually a second goal as well in that game. And well, if he stays healthy, he could easily put in 25 to 30 goals this season. And for a team that's lacking goal scoring offensive production, that's a, that's a good number to put up. Imagine Gallagher puts up 30 uh, uh puts up another 35, 40 goals. Let's say Galchenyuk puts another 30 goals. It's a lot of goal scoring. Imagine Radulov on the second line puts in 20, 25 goals. This team is going to be good if all those things do happen. I still keep the the top six together. I think it's to the point where after one game, you need to shuffle things around. But if the top six doesn't get going uh, later this week, why not put Brendan Gallagher and Thomas Plekanec together? They've had success together in the past. So why not put them together and give them a shot? And wouldn't it be nice then if you move Radulov to play with Galchenyuk and uh, Pacioretty? To me, that sounds like a great line that... Galchenyuk, Radulov duo it sounds good to me. I think it would. Be, I think it would work. Is all what I'm trying to say. It's a lot tighter, of course, in there, and uh, you really got to battle, battle your way through if you want to get those scoring chances, and uh, you got to be really, uh, you got to be uh, really secure with the puck, what you do in the neutral zone, and you can't. Uh, because if you lose the puck in the neutral zone in the second period, they're going to make you pay the price on those kind of mistakes. And that's uh, Arturi Lekonen following 
the game on Thursday night, his first game in the NHL. He looked good. If you look at his stat line, he took uh, he played 16 minutes, 30 seconds. He took five shots, three of them were blocked, and he delivered one hit. So first, considering it's his first NHL game, I think he did good. He didn't do Austin Matthews good, who scored four goals in his NHL debut, but still put in a uh, a good game. And I think the uh, the only bad disadvantage, I guess, that he had on the Thursday night's game was he was playing with Thomas Plekanec, who didn't have a, a good game, like I was mentioning a, a, a moment ago. And going back to Plekanec, he played 18 minutes, which is the most from the forwards on Thursday night. And even if we look at Plekanec and his face-off records, was he won six face-offs and he lost 15. So he went 29%. That's that's bad. I think I could do better than that. And it's kind of weird that Plekanec, who didn't have a good game, was the forward that was the most used by the coach. And most of it was in even strength and in in penalty killing. But enough about Plekanec. Let's go back to uh, talk about Arturi Lekonen. And we're going to hear now from the coach. This was prior to the game against the Buffalo Sabres where Michel Terry explained why the Montreal Canadiens decided to keep him with the big team. I believe he got a really, really good can. Um, he got better and played with more confidence offensively uh, when the can went on. So uh, um, he's got speed. He could play the left side. He could play the right side. Um he, this is a guy who could be on the power play. He's smart enough to kill penalties. He understands the game. His hockey high IQ is right there. Uh, he's a good kid. He works extremely hard and uh, certainly deserved to start the season with us. So a lot of praise given by Michel Terrier. And Michel Terrier, who has a reputation of not being a fan of rookies or youngsters, in the NHL. Well, he showed a lot of confidence to Arturi Lettinen on Thursday night. Like I said, 16 and a half minutes of ice time, but that includes three minutes, 42 seconds in penalty kill. So it looks like Lettinen is going to get, is going to be a penalty killer for the Canadians this year. So, so that's great confidence that being demonstrated by the coach, Michel Terrier. So we're going to take our first break here on today's episode. Still to come, our question of the day that you can contact us via Habs360 on Twitter or the All Habs Facebook page. Are the Canadians better than a year ago? The team that was 9-0. Look at the roster. I know the Canadians have only played one game this year and they've played nine. I'm asking to compare with the team that played nine games last year. But look at the roster between uh, both those teams and let us know which one you think is better. And also still coming in our third segment is our bad tweet of the week. But coming up first, right after the break, we'll be joined by Rick Stevens, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. 
Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Ice Caps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to episode 182 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G. For the Saturday, October 15th, 2016, Canadians facing the Ottawa Senators uh, this evening. And joining me now on the line, on his way to uh, Albany to cover the uh, St. John Ice Caps. We hear him. He's been on every episode so far this season. Editor-in-Chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. You can follow him on Twitter at All Habs. Rick, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me on. I, I wouldn't miss it, even uh, on the road to Albany here. Uh, beautiful, sunny day, autumn day. Leaves are nice. And uh, heading to Albany for the St. John's Ice Caps versus the Albany Devils uh, tonight at 5 o'clock. And this is the first weekend that uh, Rocket of the season. I should specify that uh, Rocket Sports Media team is covering the St. John Ice Caps. And, well, they can read everything on uh, the AHL reports, including recaps and stories and even uh, some live tweeting. That's right. It's kind of an odd uh, domain name. You, uh, uh, all you have to do is type in ahl.report, ahl.report, and it'll take you there uh, for um, all the, the recaps, as you said, of the St. John's Ice Caps uh, with the first game. Uh, there's a recap up for the first game last night um, where they dropped a, a 6-3 decision to the Hartford Wolfpack, the um, uh, affiliate of the New York Rangers. And so, so we'll keep the, we'll keep our eyes on that coverage. So let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens right now. 
And well, the top story uh, for this week, I guess, was Carey Price and him not playing. Rick, Carey Price has the flu, right? He has the flu. He has a, a severe case of the flu, uh, so they say, uh, Dr. Mulder says. Um, yeah, there's certainly, um, you know, given the, the, uh, what happened last season and uh, given the, the secrecy um, from the Montreal Canadiens organization last season, uh, there's certainly some skepticism, but um, I'm, I'm going to go with the, the line that he is, uh, he is suffering uh, from the flu. I don't, I don't see any reason um, why it would be anything else. He looked terrific at the World Cup of Hockey. Um, and, you know, if he's, uh, if he's had a bad case of the flu and uh, dehydrated, weak, lost some weight maybe, um, it's going to take him some time to uh, get back in the lineup. Yeah, and also, Rick, like I mentioned, I was talking in the first segment that if it was his knee or if there was some doubt around the knee, this, uh, the flu started on Monday, not the same day Canadians placed Michael Condon on waivers. If there was some kind of a doubt like around the knee, would they have placed Condon in waivers or would they have found a way to keep him around at least until Price recovers? Yeah, it's it's very unlikely. Um, you know, it it. Uh, with the call-up of Charlie Lindgren, um, and and that was uh, news in itself, in that Charlie Lindgren got called up over Zach Fukali. Uh It put the, the um, Ice Caps in a bit of a bind because uh, they're they're playing three games in three nights: um, uh, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They play the Providence Bruins tomorrow, uh, so they had to call up a, a goaltender. Actually, signed him to a PTO from uh, the Brampton Beast. His name is Brian Bitten, a Pit, Pitten. Um, and um, so, as you say, um, if if all this was known in advance, it's unlikely that they would have put Mike Condon on on waivers and um, exposed him. And and as there was, uh, you know, some discussion that he was going to be picked up and as we know he was taken by the Pittsburgh Penguins and I guess if we stick around with that call up that uh, Lindgren was the goalie that was uh, initially called up as an emergency recall and now he's at least sticking around because Carey Price was put on injured reserve uh, are you surprised that Lindgren was the goalie over somebody like uh, Zachary Fukali? Well, certainly there was some surprise uh, from fans that that happened. Um, if you watch the the uh, camps, uh, certainly in rookie camp um, and uh, and and the the main training camp, uh, Charlie Lindgren outperformed um, Zach Bucali by a wide margin. Um, I don't think either of them played particularly well in the exhibition games against the Marlies um, for the for the Ice Caps. Uh, but Charlie was was the superior goaltender uh, in training camp, and uh, Zach Bucali. Not that it was his fault last night, but um, he let in a you know a, a soft goal or two uh, last night in in the season opener. Um, so I think at this stage, in the the eyes of the organization, that um, Charlie Lindgren, when you're looking at the the goaltenders in St. John's is the 1A, and let's say that um, uh, Zach Bucali is the 1B. Yeah, like I said earlier, a bit of nerves coming in. It's always 
It's always sweet to come in and play that first game for your team. Uh, you just hope to give them a chance, and that's all I was. My plan was, you know, I wasn't trying to steal the game. Uh, we got a good team in front of me. They were fun to watch tonight, and uh, happy to come away with the victory. And uh, that's uh, Al Montoya following Thursday night's game against the Buffalo Sabres. He made 30 saves uh, as the Canadians went out to beat the Sabres uh, by a score of 4-1. to one. And Rick, first start for Al Montoya, first game with his uh, first new team, with his new team, I should say, opens regular season. I think he, he played pretty uh, pretty well. Yeah, he looked very good. Um, he um, He's... You know, he, he he's not the positional goalie that Carey Bryce is. A few are. Um, he's he's very uh, he's a little unconventional. He, he saw some some odd um, acrobatic kind of uh, saves um, in the first game, um, but he's calm in that and um, he swallows the rebounds. He did a really good job. If 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 there's one thing that sets him uh, apart in a major way from Mike Condon is that his his control of, of rebounds is outstanding, and I think that sort of helped to to calm things down and and particularly with the defense having some shaky moments um, the other night in the in the, uh, in the season opener. Um, I think El Montoya brought some calm back there and uh, and looked pretty good for his first start in Montreal. And on the Habs Safety Twitter account, uh, we posted a poll that says, do you have more confidence in Montoya than Condon? Uh, I'm going to give out the results of what our uh, followers on Twitter uh, have voted so far. Rick, if I would ask you that question between yes or no, what button would you be clicking on Twitter? Uh, Al Montoya is, is solidified the goaltending, the backup goaltending position. And uh, I think I think the Canadians are... are are going to be in a better. They're going to be better positioned this season um, with their their goaltending, and even even with uh, Charlie Lindgren, he's he's got one uh, NHL game under his belt, and and he looked okay in in uh, preseason too. So I think the goaltending is uh, is an upgrade on last year. And and we even heard in an interview this week, Mark Bergevin throwing Mike Condon under the bus where Mark Bergeron said that even if uh, Toe Blake was coaching this team, uh, they wouldn't be able to do much with uh, with bad goaltending. So we could start. We, that brought us some insight behind what Montreal Canadiens thought about last year and how much of the, um, I guess, the blame, the responsibility that they put on last year's horrible season on uh, on, on the goaltending, on the whole Terry Price injury, uh, et cetera. But Michael Condon, like you mentioned, he got picked up by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Were were you surprised about that? No, I wasn't. Um, you know, Pittsburgh is in a in a tough spot. Um, Matt Murray got injured in the World Cup, and uh, they needed someone with some experience. And uh, so, uh, I think I think Mike Condon was it was a good pickup for them. Um, and maybe there was some others uh, that were interested too, but uh, yeah, I don't think that that um, Mark Bergevin waiting till this late in the uh, at the end of the off season, um, you know, people were fans were looking for a trade. I think that would have had to have happened, um, you know, clo- much closer to the 
a free agency period. Um, it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen now. Teams were just going to wait for him to be put on waivers. Um, and, you know, I think in the eyes of, of the Canadians organization, it's, it's a problem solved because if Condon went down at uh, St. John's, there's uh, a three-headed goalie situation. One of them would have had to go to uh, the Brampton Beast in the ECHL. Um, and, and unfortunately, that might have been Condon, and, and that would have been a, a tough pill for him to swallow. Uh, and speaking about Canadians uh, putting players on waivers, uh, a player that, well, we mentioned last week that probably wasn't going to go through this process was uh, Sven uh, Andrighetto. Uh, he got sent through waivers. He, 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 he was cleared through waivers. And, well, as this was happening yesterday on uh, social media, on, on Habs Twitter, I guess we'll, we'll call it, a lot of people were saying, like, what a bad move. The Canadians are going to lose Van Ghetto, another player that's gone. Rick, do you think that we're, as Habs fans in general, we over-evaluate the, uh, the quality or like, of, of the players in the organization? That's certainly possible. And, and you know, fans have their, their favorites and they, they value players uh, with their with you know, related to their talents on the ice plus emotion. And so that's not how, how teams see it. That's not how a general man- managers see it. Uh, but I am surprised with Andrew Ghetto. Um, he's, he's a pretty talented player, tons of speed, uh, could help uh, a third line out there. And as we saw last year, can play a little bit higher in the, uh, in the lineup. Um, Andrew Ghetto is uh, RFA in, in uh, July, so he's just working on a one-year contract now. Maybe what scared uh, teams off is that he's on a one-way contract. Um, you know, they'd, they'd have to pay him the same money if he went down to the AHL. I, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that had a role in um, Mark Barbario clearing waivers. And even worse for Barbario, he's on a, a two-year contract. Uh, a two-year NHL contract, so I wasn't surprised to see him clear, uh, but but was quite surprised to see uh, Sven Andergetto uh, clear this afternoon. Uh, 18-year-old Michael Sergachev played his first game on the Thursday against uh, the Buffalo Sabers. He was uh, he was paired with uh, Alexi Emelin. How did you think his first game went? Well, thank goodness he was paired with uh, Emelin, who ha- who was one of the best defensemen the other night. I don't know how many times we've said that, but he was he was terrific. Um, Emelin was, and was able to cover up a fair bit for Sergachev, who, um, you know, nerves got the better of him. Uh, the the speed of the, the game got the better of him, and uh, he looked. It was a rough game for Sergachev, um, and. You know, I, I was one of the ones that was, was saying that, um, to me, um, he, he was looked overmatched at times, even in the preseason, and uh, that I was, I was certain he was going to get sent back to uh, the OHL. But uh, the Canadians decided to give him at least a, a nine-game look. And, um, you know, there, were, there was times where, where his talent and maturity came through, but, um, you know, he's, he's – 
it's a really tough situation. It's really tough. Not many players can make that jump from the OHL right into the NHL. And, um, you know, the jitters, the jitters got the best of them the other night. And tonight, Jeff Petrie is coming back. So it'll, it, it's pretty much, I'm not sure if we got the official word yet, but it looks like Sergeyev, based on yesterday's practice, he was on the the fourth defensive prank. So it looks like he's not going to play against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, assuming a healthy a defensive core, how does like how does Sergeyev get in the lineup? Like who comes out? Is it... Uh, is it Patteron? Well, it's a good question. Uh, Patteron played really well the other night as well. So um, as long as as uh, Amelin's playing well, as long as Patteron's playing well, it's going to be tough for him to uh, to get back. Um, he, you know, he has to he has to be the better defenseman of whoever he's replace, replacing. So you know, whether it be an injury or whether it be uh, some poor play. Uh, I, that's the only ways I I, I see uh, Sergeyev getting back in the lineup at this point. So, so that pretty much means unless there's an injury after the nine games, or well, even if he plays on nine games, that Sergeyev he's probably gonna go back to the juniors, right? I suspect so. I, you know, I. They 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 wouldn't keep him to put him to leave him on the bench uh, or the press the press you know let's let's see he's he's going to play again um, I'm I'm certain he'll be back in the lineup they'll give him another uh, look or two um, and and maybe it was was just nervousness in the first uh, his first NHL regular season game um, so if if um, you know he performs up to his potential then. Um, then maybe he stays for a while, but it it is dependent on him. And talk about uh, about Shea Weber, who played his first game with the Montreal Canadiens, and that pairing with uh, Nathan Bollier. I thought together, both of them on Thursday, they 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 looked good. Yeah, they did. Um, a couple of uh, you know. Poor decisions by Beaulieu, and and glad to have uh, Weber back there um, to solidify things. But um, Shea Weber just punished people. Um, it was it was tough coming into the Canadian zone. Um, both both he and and uh, Amelin really were punishing the, the Sabres forwards, and uh, that's a that's a very different lineup. Um, the, different back end to play against for uh, opponents of the Canadians. Uh, Shea Weber was great. Um, yeah, couldn't ask anymore. Plus three. Um, I, I thought he, I thought he looked really, really good the other night. And uh, one last question, Rick, before, uh, before we let you go, uh, to go to Albany. Uh, the Canadians have played one game and it's, we're going to take this opportunity to make our, some prediction overall for the team when it comes to their their season. It can't be as bad as it was last year. Where do you see the Canadians finishing this year in their division um, and in the conference? Is this a playoff team? It's definitely a playoff team. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, they're they're in and around the, the second or third uh, spot in the conference. If 
um, you know, if, if they stay healthy, if Carey Price plays 60 games, if, um, you know, we don't see a, a number 51 at the center, first line center position, all those, all, all those ifs, um, they're, they're, they're a, a team that, uh, that should easily make the playoffs. And or about a division, do you see him finishing first? First in the division? Yeah. Um, t- Tampa is, uh, that's, that'll be tough, but, but um, I mean, they have a shot, but, but I, I, I think Tampa Bay is at this point a little bit better. Okay, sounds good. Thank you very much, Rick, and enjoy Albany. Thanks so much. Uh, watch for the coverage tonight, and um, yeah, uh, we'll see you next week. All right, talk to you soon, Rick. All right, so that was uh, Rick Stevens, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. The coverage of uh, the weekend action from Albany could be read on uh, AHL.report, or you can follow him on Twitter at uh, the AHL Report uh, as well. And Amy Johnson is the lead <laughs> contributor to that site. We'll take a break. On the other side, we're going to tackle our question of the day. You can reserve your phone line at one 4945 The question we've been asking is, are the Montreal Canadiens better than a year ago? And we'll also have our bad tweet of the week. This is the Habs 360 podcast feature on For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects. Log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs 360 podcast and follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net.
All right, welcome back to episode 182 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G. And, well, it's time for our interactive segment. Habs 360 is the most informative, the most interactive Montreal Canadiens podcast you'll find out there. And the question that we're asking is, are the Montreal Canadiens a better team than they were a year ago? And don't forget, last year the Montreal Canadiens started off the season with a record of 9 and 0 oh. so it's kind of i guess kind of fishy kind of odd to ask that question at uh, at this stage but hey like why not let's have some fun with it and well let's start talking Montreal Canadiens and we're going to go now to uh, the Habs 360 hotline where we have somebody online hi who's this hi it's Blaine hey hey Blaine how's it going great Better now that it, it, the show's on. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for, for listening. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Habs 360 podcast. Not a problem. So what's on your mind? Are the Canadians a better team this year than they were a year ago? Uh, I honestly believe they're a better team. Uh, not necessarily uh, just because they they trades or whatever. It's um, based more on the depths of the team. And... Uh, the the small uh, the moves they made to address issues that they saw from last year. And what is there any particular players like from all the the, the pickups that the Canadians did, whether it be Weber, Radulov, uh, Redmond? Well, Redmond's not the same level <laughs> like uh, Weber. But what ac- is there a particular acquisition that uh, you like more than the others? Well, Radulov definitely uh, he addressed a serious need for goal scoring, especially goal scoring depth in the top six. Uh, Lekkinen added to that line. They seem to have some chemistry. So far it's working. <clears throat> if it works out for the season, all the better. So we'd actually have a legitimate top six, uh, something that we haven't had in a few seasons. Uh, and just having that kind of talent will only help the power play, which has been very listless the last two, three seasons. So more goals are scored. Uh, that'll help the team. Even though goal scoring wasn't really the issue last year, last year was more um, uh, they gave up too many goals at the wrong time. And I think having Weber there helps that issue. He's not as electrifying as PK. And watching PK is a lot of fun. But Weber seems to be uh, that kind of player that'll, that'll calm everybody else down around him and they'll, they'll play better defensively in their own zone. And I think that's really what they were going for on that end. So less goals, less goals against, more goals for. That should only equal more wins. And if you look at uh, Mark Bergevin, his, uh, I guess his history with the Montreal Canadiens, he's, it's not the first time that he's tried to address the, uh, the scoring for the Canadians. It started off with uh, signing a couple of years ago of Daniel Briere. Uh, there was, uh, last year there was Alex Semin. Uh, do you think Rajlov will be better than both those guys. I believe so. Uh, the other two were, uh, Briere was, was near the end of his career, and Semin was more of a reclamation project. He was, he was bought out just, uh, just recently before that signing uh, by Carolina, and it was kind of a, here's a million dollars for a season, a show-me deal. Now, Radulov's contract is kind of a show-me deal as well. However, He's not a reclamation project. He's proven himself as a top six. He's still fairly young, 
and he performed extremely well in the KHL. He was one of the best players in the KHL, if not the best. So he's not uh, he, he's more of a, a sure thing. His issue is more, has he matured enough? And so far, it looks like he has. So he should have his game together and should be able to continue what he's done through the preseason in that first game. When, and, and also, like, I think this is the first time that uh, we've seen Mark Bergevin really put his, uh, his stamp on the team. So this is really uh, what he's looking for in a team. So following, like, a, a year, like last year, where the team didn't really perform well, if things go bad this year, I think Bergevin and uh, Terry might both be, like, on the hot seat. I definitely feel like Bergevin's on the hot seat right now. As you said, he's made some fairly sizable moves. Uh, the P.K. Subin for Shea Weber deal is probably the biggest trade the Canadians have done in the last 25, 30 years, uh, even even larger than the uh, Patrick Roy trade back in the day. So making that kind of move definitely puts pressure on the team, but also himself. And he, he's made some changes. The rest were so, uh, kind of building on the building blocks that he already had. So now he's got his stamp, and it looks—it does look like a, a, a Chicago-style team that he wanted from five seasons ago. So now, proof's in the pudding. They have to win, and uh, Tarion's job definitely is on the line this season. Bergevin might get another year. If they make the playoffs and they still win a, a playoff series, he's, he should be safe. But Tarion's, he, they really need to make that Eastern Conference final at least to his job, I believe. Well, all right. Thank you very much for the call, Dane. Thank you. All right. Thank you. one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five is uh, the phone number to reach us. You can also reach us via Twitter at Habs360 or visit the uh, All Habs uh, Facebook page. And we're going to go to Twitter now to read some of your comments. Well, before we do that, let's actually hear uh, Mark Bergevin explained about uh, his team and it being improved. First of all, what we went through last year, you know, we fell down face first. We have to get up. We weren't able to get up last year, but I'm, I'm hoping and I believe this year we better suit because what we went through last year, adding Shea, Shazi, uh, Carey Price, healthy. Uh, Max with more experience as far as, as a captain. I think all of that will make a difference. Well, let's take a look at the roster of the Canadians from uh, at the point where they were 9-0 and last season and look at it now. So last season, the uh, the lines for the Canadians were Pacioretty, Plekanec, and Gallagher. Eller with Chucky and uh, Alex Semin. Fleischmann with Dernay and Delouis. And then the fourth line was Flynn, Mitchell, and Devante Smith-Pelly. And on defense, Markov was with Subban, Emlin was with Petrie, and Bowyer was with uh, Gilbert. So in my opinion, overall, I do think the Canadians did get better than the, the roster that was with the Canadians when they were 9-0. And if we break it down, look at it at the top six forwards, I think... Lekkonen is better than uh, Lars Eller, especially at that top six role where Eller was uh, was slotted 
uh, last season at this time. And Radulov, I think he's better than uh, than Alex Edmund. So that's a uh, a win-win. If we look at the the third line, this season it's Carr with Dagna and Shaw. Last year it was it was Fleischman with Dagna, and we saw Dagna. Obviously, it's a wash. Daniel Carr, I think he, he has it's an improvement over Fleischman. And Shaw is an improvement over uh, Dale Lewis as well. And then if you look at the fourth line, I spoke about it earlier in today's episode. Mitchell, you know, he was on both uh, the fourth lines both seasons, so he's a wash. But Dano and Biron and Paul Byron, I should say, are better than Brian Flynn and Devante Smith-Pelly. So up front, definitely an improvement for the Montreal Canadiens. And if you look on defense with a healthy Jeff Petrie, of course, Last year's defensive pairings, Markov was with Subban, Amblin was with Petrie, Beaulieu was with Tom Gilbert. So the only difference in the top six was Weber and Subban. So we'll, I'll put that as a wash, right? I don't, I don't want to make it um, a controversial. Well, let's put it a wash between Subban and Weber. But Patteron, I think he's in improvement over uh, Tom Gilbert. Let's go to Twitter now and read some of your comments that we've uh, received on this topic. First one comes from uh, Home of the Habs. They looked solid other night, but we also know it's just been one game so far. So it's better if we ask that question 10 games from now. Thank you for the tweet. Next one comes from Asif. Hossein in Toronto, he writes, not sure if it matters yet. After 9-0 start, it all went to hell, and the only person who paid the price was P.K. Subban. So thank you for the tweet. Come on, guys. Uh, next tweet comes from Dalman Del Bosco, who writes, I still think having Sherbach and McCarron in the lineup could definitely provide more size and scoring depth. So not related to the question, but thank you for uh, the tweet regardless. And now if we go over to uh, the All Habs Facebook page, a comment that was left from Brandon uh, Faiton. So Brandon writes, the Habs are definitely a different team from last year. We gained two greedy players from Eller and Subban. The team will play very different from the past few years. Eller was a good shutdown player, but was not an agitator. Subban was a good player at driving possession, but Weber is the opposite. We will have to wait and see how the team plays over time. So thank you very much for the comment, uh, Brandon, as well. And while since the Canadians have played one game, and while we haven't had a chance to do it yet on the Habs 360 podcast, I'll give it's time to give our predictions. We heard Rick and while it kind of sucks that I agree with them, because <laughs> I do think the Canadians, they, were not, they can't be any worse than they were last year. I think the Canadians are going to finish second in their division behind the Tampa Bay Lightning. So what does that mean? It means the Canadians will finish in the bottom half, the bottom four of uh, the playoff team. So they're going to start on the road in the first round, assuming a lot of health. But the Canadians, I think they're in much better position to if something unfortunate happens with Carey Price and you get injured again, I think the Canadians would 
definitely be better this year than they were last year. And okay, like I said, they uh, it can't get any worse. A couple of other tweets that we got in regard to different subjects. There was one that I from Marp from Vilsailara. If whether or not the Canadians are a better team than last year, he writes. Hard to tell. That was an AHL-ish type team. The Sabres, they beat on Thursday, especially without Eichel and Kane. So thank you for the, the tweets. If we look at our poll question that we asked, do you have more confidence in Montoya than Michael Condon? So it's an overwhelming yes. 93% of respondents said that they are more confident in Montoya so it's definitely, and I definitely do agree with that spot as well. That's where my vote went as well in the yes column. Some more comments on that question via Twitter. Uh, comes from Dave Hammond, Hannum, excuse me, writes, wait, were there idiots who thought Fukali was in line to be called up? LOL, no. So not a fan of Zachary Fukali for, uh, for Dave. So thank you very much for the for the tweets. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on Hams 360. A brand new feature that we introduced last week here on the Habs 360 podcast. We read all your tweets that come to us. We, we scope, we look at social media all over to see, to get the, the pulse of uh, Habs fans to see what's going on. And while occasionally we see a bad tweet that was sent out. And well, this tweet of uh, this week was sent out by Dan Colantonio. No, sorry, that's the wrong one. That was the one before. It was sent by uh, Daniel. And this tweet was sent earlier this week as soon as um, Michael McCarron was sent down to, uh, to the AHL. So Daniel wrote, to Michael McCarron directly, he writes, if I were you, I would request a trade. Pretty bad. Like, why would he do that? Michael McCarron, he's still young. He had a two-way contract. It was an easy decision for the Canadians to do. But Michael McCarron, he's not going to finish this season in uh, St. John's. We're going to see him playing with the Montreal Canadiens this year. He had a good camp. And while the Canadians are definitely going to reward him, and he's definitely going to get a chance to come up here to uh, to play with a big club. So don't worry about it. Why would he ask for a trade? I don't get it. But that definitely is our bad tweets of the week. Well, Canadians are playing three games until our next episodes. They're facing the Ottawa Senators tonight at 7 o'clock. And then on Tuesday and Thursday, Canadians playing the first two games at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Arizona Coyotes. Will we see Carey Price playing one of those games? I think we will. Might not be Tuesday. And if he doesn't play Tuesday, I think the, the, the Canadians fans going crazy, it's going to get exponentially worse. And I don't think we want to see that. But better to have a carry price healthy and uh, need him later on during the season. So thank you for your tweets. 
thank you for the call. Thank you to Rick who called in from Albany. Thank you to Blaine as well for his phone call. Thank you for your tweets. Thank you for your Facebook comments. Thank you for listening. My name is Chris G. We're back next Saturday, 2 Eastern. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.